This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And Isaiah 43 says, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness, make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. The desert. You ever think about that? What is it about the desert? John the Baptist was the man who Jesus called the greatest who ever lived. And John the Baptist grew up in the desert and his ministry was in the desert. Luke 180 And the child, John the Baptist, continued to grow and to become strong in spirit. And he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And Jesus, how did he prepare for ministry? It wasn't by doing Bible studies, although he knows the Word of God. He is the Word of God. That's not what he modeled for us. What he modeled for us was 40 days alone in absolute solitude with nothing in the desert. And that was also his how he lived his life. He would withdraw there often. He'd go to the desert alone in Luke 5, 16. So he himself, Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So what is it about the desert? Do you ever think about that? And so 20 years ago, I started to take God at his word that when all these passages about these guys who are the great men of God and God himself going out to the desert, there must be something about that. And so in 2003, I took a solo trip to the desert in Borrego Springs, California, and it was one of the most powerful encounters with God I've ever had, and I've learned so much since then, and and now... I get to go myself once every two to four months alone to the desert and experience this spiritual power that comes with going alone to a barren place, a barren, desolate place, and setting everything aside just to be with him and to focus on prayer and listening. And I will tell you that being in the desert alone with God is one of the most spiritually powerful things you can do. And this is why Jesus did it often. So I just got back from a trip of several days alone to the desert. Of course, we're broadcasting here in Phoenix, and I went alone to an Airbnb in Oro Valley, about an hour and a half or so south of here. And and so my trip began with Sunday night with a, with a nightmare where 
there seemed to be what was three witches in the dream and there was a malevolent sense of evil in the dream and and I finally got to wake up and then pray and shut it down but that that's how it began and then what did we read what do we read about what happened when Jesus went alone? He encountered Satan with some pretty heavy-duty temptations. And what I've discovered is when we're reading the Bible, maybe the enemy doesn't come against us very much, but you start praying and praying with intensity and going hard after God, and that's when the warfare can tend to come. And, and oftentimes when we're getting attacked, it's proof of what we're doing, of how effective it is, or if we're not getting attacked. That doesn't mean that's the situ- case all the time because we read in the book of Job where Satan was complaining to God how God had put a hedge of protection around Job's life. And that does happen. So it doesn't mean if you're not getting protected, it doesn't mean you're not living a life that counts. But these days with so much darkness taking so much ground and Let's be honest, the U.S. is committing cultural suicide right now in the years, in recent years. <clears throat> Usually, if you're going to be a prayer warrior or something like that, there is going to be some form of attack somewhere along the line. So that's where my Sunday night began was with, with that nightmare, shut it down in prayer. And so that always signals to me that, okay, God has something here for me. I'm on the right path. This is what he wants me to do. And it's just going to be spiritually effective. And anytime we're going to spend several days devoted to prayer, doing nothing else, um, that puts you up there in the ranks of doing something that's spiritually powerful. So what happens when we go to the desert alone? Well, there's nothing there. <laughs> um, there's barren... You could almost call it desolate wasteland. I've encountered different creatures, animals, in some of my desert trips. Saw two deer this last time and the coyotes. Even seen cattle, which kind of surprised me. And uh, two years ago, as I was walking, prayer walking in the desert, my head was down. and, And then I looked... Happened to look up, and about six feet in front of me, I'm about two steps away, I'm walking right into a big rattlesnake. So you just never know what you're going to encounter it there with wildlife. And and then it even says that Jesus was alone with the wild beasts when he was out there in the desert. But the first thing we have to counter is solitude. You're absolutely alone with nobody but yourself and God And in solitude, all of our scaffolding starts coming down, coming apart. What do I mean by that? That's the things that we distract ourselves with. We keep the diversions going so we don't have to face self. I mean, think about it for a moment. Don't you hear noise all the time at church? There's always noise going. There's always some kind of sound. We we begin with the worship band and then they segue right into... The message. There isn't a whole lot of time for solitude or silence. I mean, not solitude, of course, but silence. We're not used to silence. And so in the desert alone, it's a combination of the solitude and silence that everything comes to the surface, who and what you are. You start feeling emotions that you might have 
set aside or been trying to bury and, and things you didn't want to look at. You know, when I go out there, my smartphone is in airplane mode, so I'm not going to be getting any text. I don't sit there rummaging around on the internet or anything like that, but I have it out there, one, to take pictures, but also in case I do stumble into a rattlesnake and get bit, I can make a phone call and <clears throat> deal with the situation properly. But solitude, how do you do with, deal with being alone, let's just say for three or four hours at a time? Does it make you squirm? Does it make you uncomfortable? Do you, do you know how to to rest and to settle down into that? How do you do with silence? And that's the wonderful thing about the desert, pure, raw silence. There are some times when I sit down and I, I can hear the birds and it's just beautiful and peaceful. And yeah, sometimes it's hot depending on the time of the year. But there's a raw beauty being in a place of desolation. And what happens is as we begin to settle into it and all the scaffolding I mentioned, all the diversions and distractions and the stress and the worry – Starts coming off, and this can take this can take a day just in itself. If you're not used to it, we can start coming into a place of rest. We can also start feeling some anxiety popping up too if we're not used to it, because we have to face the person we often run from the most, and that is ourself. And we don't often take a hard look at self. In the crazy pace world we look we live in, we're always running and running and running and going to the next thing and staring at our phones and doing texts and doing emails and on the move and taking kids to school and going to the next sporting event. So we've gotten used to not looking at who we are, not facing self, not facing the emotions we would rather not feel. And so you're, you're out there in the desert alone. You're stripped of all your distractions. You're stripped of all the voices, good and bad, that are out there. And sometimes we just have too many voices coming at us. We have too many people saying too many different things. And there's just no, no, no way to just sit down and rest and focus on God. And that's the, one of the wonderful parts about the desert, too, is that we're finally – all that stuff just comes off, all that distraction. I don't check the news. I stay away from that. And my gosh, it was so wonderful to have several days without looking at the news because these days, what do we – you can't look at any news website today with you know gloom and doom and um, terrible traumatic crimes and, and mass shootings are a daily thing. And all that has an effect, a traumatic effect – on our emotions, you don't even realize until you stop and sit down and rest. So part of the wonderful benefit of being alone in the desert, all this stuff just starts melting off. And then I will leave you, or not leave you, I will give you these two words to think about. Silence heals. Silence heals. So when I'm sitting out there and all the stress and the worry and the junk 
is coming off me and I'm focused on God and I'm resting on him, there's a, there's a healing of the soul that takes place in silence. And we've got it all backwards because we run from silence. We run from solitude. And we don't realize how torn up our souls can get in this crazy nutso world. And think about Jesus. What did he do? I mean, for three years, he was constantly surrounded by people. I'm an introvert, and that would have just worn me out. And yet he made time quite often, as I read from Luke 5.16. So Jesus himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. What is he doing? He's getting away. He's stripping himself from all the distractions and demands of people and all the chaos and the stress, and he's getting along with God in pure silence and solitude and resting with the Father. And that's, of course, he's God. He had power, but he's showing us where our source of power comes from. I, when I came home from the desert, my three daughters in their 20s are living with me, and last night one of them looked at me and said, you seem like you're at peace. And I looked at her and said, yeah, you're right, I am. Um, I was in a place of calm and utter rest and prayer. Prayer is so amazing. It's so wonderful because when I'm out there, sometimes I'm resting just in silence without really thinking anything, but often I'm praying and, and going after God and, Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Jesus, please align me to you. Align my life to you. Align my desires to you, my heart to you. If there's something in between you and me, I want to know what it is. And then the other thing in silence is it reveals your heart. It reveals hard places. It reveals fearful places, places where there's doubt, places where you're just tired and worn out. And I, during this last trip, I was seeing that there was a hard place in my heart, and I didn't know what it was, so I just kept leaning and pressing in. Lord, I don't know what this is. Show me what it is. Soften my heart. I don't want a hard heart. I don't want anything to do with any kind of things that cause a hard heart like resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness. Those are some of the things that can harden up a heart. Just life, running the pace of life can harden a heart and keeping on going and going. We just run ourselves dry into the bone. And alone in the desert, we can find rest if you're willing to be uncomfortable in that place of solitude and get used to the initial feelings of being uncomfortable with being on yourself. I mean, could you imagine going to a church and what would happen if they had 10 minutes of just pure, silent prayer waiting on God? When the rare times when they'll say, let's have 30 seconds of silence, you can just feel everybody squirming in their seats. You wonder if you know people are peeing their pants or something. We've trained people to always have noise. What did Jesus model for us? Solitude and long, long periods of solitude and silence. Forty days. Can you imagine preparing for ministry with forty days alone in the desert? And I went alone because I was preparing for quite a long ministry trip. And it was just several days. I would have loved to stay longer, but we're running out of time. And <laughs> so I had to come back. But I would have loved to stay alone for a week. I, if I could, if I would have stayed longer. 
because when I go there, I taste eternity. I taste God's presence. And he starts moving in to my soul and showing me things that I need to work on. And he, or he, he wants to work on with me. So this last trip, he showed me uh, where there was a situation with conflict. Actually, it was with a ministry event that went on about six or seven years ago. And things just got all fouled up and and there was the communication stopped on the other side. I didn't know what was going on and things that were offered didn't come about and it was confusing and and God showed me I had some resentment there that I needed to let go. He showed me I needed to do a little bit of forgiveness and he showed me places in my heart where I needed to to do more than just kind of set it aside. I thought it was okay or done with, but it wasn't. And he was showing me that one of the reasons I had this hard place in my heart was because of this situation. So I pray through, okay, God, I release this to you. I don't know what happened back then, but I surrender to your will. I surrender to your purposes. I'm not going to hold anything against anybody. And, and especially, Lord, I want nothing to do with resentment because that is a heart hardener. We want to avoid that like the plague. And God, to whatever extent there might have been pride there with me, I renounce it. I don't want anything to do with it. Your will be done. I just keep praying. Your will be done. I surrender, Lord. I surrender. Your will be done. Have your way in me. And he brought me to a place of releasing it all and seeing things through a different lens that you know, sometimes when things go wrong, we can only we only focus on the negative, what we think should have happened our way. And he was showing me some pieces that wasn't all bad. And that time with those people, and there were some good things that came out over time. And so he he promises to give us wisdom in James one if we ask for it. And this is the beauty of prayer. God, show me your, show me, give me your thoughts, give me your mind, give me your heart, give me your eyes. I pray thought, thoughts like pray prayers like that often. God, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand. I want, I want to see everything, all of life through your eyes, because my own eyes can be some jaded or filtered or blinded at times, and that's what our flesh does to us. Self gets in the way and. That's what's so beautiful about that time alone in solitude is now is a great time to set self aside and say, Lord, I want you. I want your way. I surrender. Show me what I need to do to have more of you, to be closer to you. And I'll take walks alone, quite a few walks out there and praying as I go. And sometimes I'll sit and pray and and then Sometimes after I pray, I'll listen and worship is a part of I praise you, God. Thank you for the gift of this trip. Thank you for restoring my soul. And I'll see how tired I might be, or tired I was in this case, and things I was carrying. Sometimes we don't realize we're just carrying a lot of burdens. And just this world can like weigh us down with all the junk going on. And you start taking some of that on you don't even realize it and so when it's just you and god and nothing else for several days come to me all you are wearied and heavy laden and i will give you rest 
For my yoke is light, my burden is easy. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he reminded me of that. Come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus gives rest. And I asked him for rest. He brought that verse to my mind again as I was praying. And so sometimes when he brings a verse, we go, we pray into it. So, Lord, please give me rest. I need it. And so he starts moving all this junk and this garbage off my shoulders, off my soul. And and then there became a lightness to it. And I think that's a part of what he's talking about with the easy yoke. We just carry way too much. And alone in the desert, when there's nothing to carry, when there's the smartphone is off, when all you're out there with, with is a bottle of water, <laughs> and it's just you and God, we, what happens is we can hear his voice so much more clearly than we can even going to church when the worship band is rocking out. And I'm not trying to say this derogatorily, but sometimes that music is so loud. Be still, my soul. Rest in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 62, my soul, wait in silence for God alone. From him is my salvation. And then, so Jesus is showing us, we're shown in God's word all over the place, that silence and solitude are meant to be a part of the Christian life. We're not meant to be running and spinning our wheels, but that's what so many of us are doing right now. A lot of people are just burning themselves out. And Jesus got off that merry-go-round quite often, and his merry-go-round was a lot more intense than most of us were ever know. I mean, just ongoing ministry from morning to night, they were chasing and going after him and surrounding him. Silence, solitude, healing. Silence heals. That is such a great thing to master is to learn it, to walk into a situation where you're utterly alone and you're with God and he's speaking to you and you hear his voice and sometimes he gives you Bible verses and he cleanses your soul and he equips you and strengthens you in those moments and gives you his heart. I, I, wanna, I can't wait to go back. And going back is going to mean going in the summertime when it's in the hundreds. I can't wait to go back. I love it because the beauty of just encountering him and I, I believe he honors when we go alone to the desert because we're saying, God, I'm just setting everything else aside and I just want you. I'm just going to walk with you. And sometimes when I'm walking and praying, I have this sense is this is one way that I can identify with Jesus because I can't identify with a lot of the things he did, you know, healing people and just walking around and demon be gone, gone, um, deliverance and the things he did like that, I mean, he was a spiritual juggernaut. That That's not me. I don't have, you know, anywhere near that level of power, but he honors it when we come to be alone with him. When we strip ourselves of everything and every distraction, that leaves us wide open to just having wonderful communion with him. And I want to encourage you and even challenge you, if you've not done this, Go. If you've not done it before, start with a day. Start with 24 hours. But go. Go alone. And you, we need this so bad today. We need rest of soul. We need healing. We need to release the burdens. And you just, in the desert and pure silence, we hear God 
his voice is so sweet and it's so wonderful to step into his presence and there's just nothing like it and I would love it if churches you know would give 10 minutes 15 minutes of silent prayer from time to time I think that would be more healing than than you know with no music in the background I don't know why we can't do that and have silence at church without music in the background sometimes they'd say all right we're gonna have silence now but the music the worship band is still playing stop that we need to start training and equipping people to be to rest in silence with the Lord and to hear his voice. So my friends, there is so much available to you. You can have such a wonderful relationship with God and with Jesus in the desert. He was showing us what to do to have more of him and more of his power and his life, the abundant life he promised. So thank you for my friends, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.